again, but first, I've got to tell you about our friends at Graffiti. You know the deal. They make the show possible, and they are the best place to watch football each and every Sunday. They've got what you need, the TVs, the drinks, and the specials on the drinks, plus there's prizes and axe throwing. So if you have not been to 158 East Cedar Street yet in downtown Cary, there is no better time than this weekend. It's graffiti, great art, uh, axe throwing, those bourbon pour specials, there they are, Blanton's, Eagle Rare, Angel's Envy, McKenna, all kinds of different brands for you to check out. Make your football tradition, uh, or let me, be, let me rephrase that, make graffiti part of your football watching tradition. 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Cary. Here we are, another edition of the Young Gun Midweek Talk Through. Uh, early in the season, we had Joe Gilio, excuse me, we had Joe Ovia, so now we bring in Joe Gilio uh, to be a part of the show. Uh, Joe, first of all, thank you uh, for having the mothership grace the child show with a little presence this week. Uh, you're too good. You're too good. You know, <laughs> shows. We only got one Dimitri though, so that's good. Oh, listen to you. All right, let's uh, let's dive in on where Bryce and the Panthers are right now. Because going back to the very beginning of the draft process. You were a C.J. Stroud guy. I wonder now, do you still look at him and Bryce and measure them against each other, or have you seen enough of this Panthers team to wonder what C.J. Stroud would have been on this roster? No, I I think the mistake we make after the draft is thinking, oh, it's a zero-sum game. Oh, C.J. Stroud is good. That must mean that Bryce Young isn't. And in fairness to people who have that attitude, we've seen many examples of that, right? Like, Peyton Manning and and Ryan Leaf at the top of the draft and you know it, you've seen other examples of it too where you're like well one's really good but two's not and it's like that's not how really the world works um it's been an unfortunate season for Bryce Young starting you know in the preseason in my opinion and I, I liked the idea of what the Panthers thought they could be this year but sometimes you have an idea and sometimes you have a plan and it just doesn't work Um, so I think now they're kind of in this unfortunate situation where you just don't want to break Bryce, you know, want to get him through this season. You want him to be comfortable with the new coach. You want the new coach to understand the best way to unlock him. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're a Panthers fan, the sooner that can happen, the better. Yeah, I agree. And that's one of the things that I think as we go forward in the coaching search, we're going to have to really answer about this team is exactly how much remaking of the roster overall has to be done and realistically how much can you do uh with the lack of assets and and with the kind of cap space this team is going to have yeah i wonder if you don't hire the right coach you can't figure out some ways to improve the roster it's kind of funny uh, dimitri when you look at the two ways that they've won this year is the exact same way that steve wilkes won went yeah. six last year and that's obviously not why you went and got the first pick in the draft is to play 1948 football. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like I said, the thing about Bryce is nothing has really gone right. And you, you Joe, Obvious and I often talk about Tua Tunga Bailoa and how, you know, once you put the parts around him and the right play caller with him, you, you saw what the best version of him could be. And I do think there is something like that for Bryce Young. You know, my primary concern all along with Bryce Young is I just don't think he's an elite athlete. You know, I, I don't he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not, you know, I, mean, I might be naming a one of one there, but it just feels like when you're that size 
a Kyler Murray. You better have a little wiggle or something else going on. And that's, to me, never what Bryce Young was. So my concern has kind of come to fruition is I just don't think, you know, I, I, I don't think if you're, if you're not an elite athlete, you have to be something else, which I do think is easier to do at Alabama than it is in, even in the NFL. You know, one of the things uh, along those lines that we talked about on the show this week is that Bryce does seem to be getting a little bit better at recognizing when it's too long before he's made a decision, when it's time to take off and go. I wonder if I am seeing this like super easily because I watched every game at Alabama, or are you seeing that too, that there is a big difference between week one and now in terms of at least decision-making for the guy? Yeah, you would hope that the more reps he gets, even in a flawed system with a conservative play caller and not, quite frankly, a lot of help around him, that there's still some value to the experience and learning. And I do think that's probably the hardest part of the NFL. And it's funny, you look at Tommy DeVito and people are like, why Why is this, you know, Illinois Syracuse reject? <laughs> yeah. Like a modicum of success in the NFL. And the truth of the matter is, it, it speaks to what my one of my primary concerns with Bryce Young was. Life is too easy at Alabama, man. <laughs> was playing for his life at Syracuse. Yeah. He was kicked out of him on the regular. And Bryce Young never went through that at Alabama, save for the one game against Georgia where every one of his skill players got hurt in the playoff game. So Tommy DeVito gets the ball and it's out. There's a decision. It's gone. And if he takes mm -hmm. off, he takes off. And obviously there's, there's some oversimplification there, but I do think there is something to it. I think that's the biggest adjustment for Bryce Young is like, not that it's easy. And he has said that, like, it wasn't easy what I did at Alabama. And I agree with him. He made it look easy at Alabama, but the truth of the matter is, you know, it is when you have better talent than your opponents regularly and mm -hmm. you have coach than your opponent regularly, um, you're in a situation where you're set up for success. Unfortunately for him in, in this rookie season, he has not been set up for success. He hasn't had those. You know, one of the things that I, I strikes me as very similar in his final year at Alabama to this year, it was, I think, really easy for him in the year he won the Heisman. I, I think having talent like Jamison Williams, someone who is a real separation guy, is what a guy like Bryce Young needs, frankly. I, I think that John Mechie was a little bit more of a separation guy than maybe we gave him credit for. I always thought that last year at Alabama, Bryce got asked to work a few more miracles than he did, even in the year that he was named the Heisman Trophy winner. I, I don't know if he was prepared to do that for a second year. And and I'm, I'm kind of like in a roundabout way agreeing with you. Like, I think he enjoyed how much easier it was that first year at Alabama. It assumed he would be going with the best of the best. That's what the NFL is, regardless of what this roster is compared to the NFL. I don't think he anticipated having this kind of problem at the skill positions that he did at least until a couple of weeks ago when Chuba Hubbard decided to, to join us. And the offensive line, too, is really, to your point, his last year at Alabama, they had Jameer Gibbs, and really, that that was it for skill pros, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and now, I thought, the big gamble the Panthers made with this roster was Miles Sanders. They thought he could be a uh, a black Christian McCaffrey that ran. <laughs> uh, 
but everything, and maybe carried the offense because of the huge numbers he just put up with Philadelphia the year before. And obviously, we know Frank Reich's relationship with Philly and the offense and all those other things. So that was the big gamble, I thought, that that really didn't pay off. And then it took him too long to realize with Chuba. It took him too long to realize with the offensive line. And, you know, they lost, what, 40% of their starting offensive yep. line? A week one, I mean that's that's really hard to adjust to, and I get it. Uh, the the tenth best offensive lineman in the NFL and the 150th best offensive line. There's a very little difference between those two players, um, but they just don't seem to have you know even Icky Quanu, their their you know top ten pick from two years ago. You're thinking, oh well. Here's this cornerstone to the franchise and, and the way that he has struggled this year in such a public way uh, with penalties and giving up the sacks. And it's like, that's really the way that I look at it. I don't think Bryce is a miss. I think the three picks that the Panthers made in the first round previous to Bryce were all misses at this point. Hmm. And Eric Brown and Icky and J.C. Horn, if J.C. Horn was healthy and played, cool. But he doesn't play because he's not yeah. healthy. Sorry, it's a it's a shitty pick, and especially when they could have used it on Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I look at it and I go, the Panthers haven't made the playoffs since 2017. That means they've had a bunch of draft capital that they've already should have been able to turn into a playoff roster. And then when you start looking at those picks and you go, oh, well, they missed with Derek Brown, right? Like Derek Brown's a guy you get when you think you're like one defensive stopper away. Right. Like, you don't, <laughs> you don't. You're like, I'm going to build my franchise. Like Matt Rule. There's <laughs> the Matt Rule logic. Let me, let me get a nose tackle who can occupy bo- blockers for those linebackers and defensive ends I don't have. Like, okay. It's almost a shame that Matt Rule didn't get to work with Dave Gettleman. They would just be absolutely <laughs> in love with what it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. uh, one thing that I have been impressed by, but at the same time, you look at the slot that they played in on Sunday. So, you know, how much do we really see? These last three weeks, defenses have really been keyed in on taking Adam Thielen away from Bryce Young. Uh, clearly, he was getting frustrated on Sunday. He had the false start penalty in addition to a couple of drop balls. What have you seen from Mingo and Chark in terms of stepping up to fill that void? Yeah, obviously, they had the one Mingo game where they kind of featured him. I think that was Tampa. Yep. And you're just trying to see what you have. And I think that's it's, – it's, kind of, it's kind of funny in this sense, when you look at the Panthers and what they're trying to do down the stretch, because Tepper screwed up last year by giving the job to Steve Wilkes, who then goes six and six and probably should have been the coach. Right. So now this year you fire a guy mid season and you can't have another Steve Wilkes situation. Right. So it's almost like they're actively trying not to win. You know, (laughs) I'm not going to make it Josh McCown. I'm going to make it, you know, the, the, the special teams guy. Like, huh? And then, (laughs) You know, you just want to see what you have. So it's almost like oh, only because of Arthur Smith did they back, you know, walk backwards into a right. win in the uh, tsunami that they played in the monsoon that they played in last weekend. But it's just kind of like, like I said, A, you don't want to break Bryce. And B, you want to figure out around him, like, what is useful uh, other than Frankie Luvo? Like, what is actually useful on this roster? And I think that's the biggest challenge before them. 
do Lauren and I a favor and like and subscribe to Young Gun wherever it is you are getting the show, whether you are watching on YouTube or you are uh, hearing it on your favorite podcast platform. Those reviews, those ratings, those subscriptions, they are all factored into the algorithm that puts this show in front of new people. So take the time to do it right now. Rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to join us each and every Tuesday night on Origin Sports TV. You've got it. You may just not know it. It is one of those fast TV channels, Zumo, Roku, Samsung TV Plus, Amazon Freebie. They all have Origin Sports TV, and you will find this show there each and every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. In all the games that you have covered in North Carolina, where does that rank in terms of sloppy fields that you have seen? Now, I wasn't there. Um, and that field does seem to drain a little bit better. And I know it's not a real turf at this point. Um, it wasn't terrible. I mean, yeah. it was, I'm sure it was cold though. Like the one thing that people were like, Oh, I love the snow and, and you know, I love it when it's 20 degrees. And I'm like, no, I, I don't want to see the NFL. I want all perfect dome conditions. Right. I like, I get irrationally upset at the Chiefs. I'm not a Chiefs fan, but the second I knew what Patrick Mahomes was and I owned the Kansas City Chiefs, I would have put up a dome. I would have like, <laughs> myself. Yeah. Like, I and guys and built a, a roof over that place. Like, same thing with the Packers. Like, hey, we, we're going to be blessed with 30 years of two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. But no, man, we got to freeze our dick off That's- in the play- <laughs> And loot when it's minus five, and it's like, yeah, but that's not how your team's built, you idiots. Right. <laughs> I I hate all of that. Um, but you know, but snow is one thing. Being wet, there's yes. worse than being wet. So being cold and wet is the worst. No, listen, I, I told uh, my father and my son and I were all supposed to go to the game, and I told them on Friday I will go watch two teams play football. I will go watch a game in the rain. I will not watch two teams playing in that kind of storm no no and, and god bless the people who went uh, you know obvious put out the call on the og for people who went and we got like yeah i was emails. i was and listening like, to the episode uh on uh what i guess tuesday uh driving out to uh nashville where i am with my sister this week and the amount of you know i expected when i saw that go out you would have one person i thought you would have more people do what i did well i was in charlotte but i ended up going to the hornets game the night before blah 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 i I don't get it man good for the people that went but i don't get it (laughs) it ain't for me that's for sure (laughs) so uh, i want to wrap up here as we go through the coaching search what worries you about this team trying to sell the top candidates on taking the job I honestly think it's time for him, Tepper, to go the have his Jerry Jones, Daniel Snyder. Okay, fine. I I'll try a Hall of Famer slash you know top line coach. To me, that's Jim Harbaugh, uh, particularly the way that he works with quarterbacks. I think I think that actually might be the right hire. Yeah. Only I say that only because. If he hires a, a a Ben Johnson, Brian Johnson, any of the Johnsons, I feel like he'll still meddle. Yeah. And I do feel like he's part of the problem, Tepper. And you have to you have to have a hierarchy. You have to know who's in charge. And obviously with Frank Reich, nobody believed that he was in charge. And that there has to be some 
real leadership there and it can't be like somebody in Tepper circle just needs to say to him, Hey man, you, you made a bunch of money, uh, and you know, gambling in, in the stock market. So, you know, you were lucky. Like that's not skill. It's luck. Right. All that money with luck. Uh, you gambled well, like, and that's awesome. But that doesn't mean you're qualified to like coach a football team or build a roster or, do any of the things that he's trying to do on a weekly basis, which quite frankly blows my mind, Dimitri. Um, you know, when I worked out of newspaper, I had an editor. I had, I had a, a signing editor. I had a sports editor. I had a, a managing editor. And then there was a publisher. I worked for the News and Observer for 24 years. I think I talked to the publisher three times yeah. in four years. Like, he wasn't coming down and being like, hey – what are we doing? How are we doing with page views? How are we doing on the uh, our travel budget? Like, no. Yeah. Up. Like, when you do that, you know, that's where you start interfering. And that, that's where I that's where I worry if they get one of these, you know, hot assistant play callers that that's where they'll kind of screw it up. So I don't love Jim Harbaugh. I, I actually I think he's a phony baloney. Um but I do think you, he needs someone with a gravitas that will command some respect. And now I do think Jim Harbaugh is a really good play caller and, and offensive coach. I just think the rest of his persona is is nonsense. My, my concern, and maybe this would be very different in the NFL versus the Big Ten, my concern is the arrogance that he carries that, or I guess that team carries itself with at the end of the year, once they have accomplished the one goal, they never seem to have that second goal of maybe it'd be nice if we won a playoff game. Right. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, I, I have uh, faded your guys. I, sure. I, and I, I mean, if it doesn't happen for him this year, obviously it's probably never happening. Do you think he never sleeps, Harbaugh? Oh, he, no. lost, he lost to his brother in the Super Bowl. Like, that's still... I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I would imagine part of what keeps him in college football right now, at least, is he has an excuse for not having to go to that Thanksgiving dinner and see the yeah. ring <laughs> at every meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it's going to be interesting, right? Like, I, I do also wonder, like you, you said, if this is, you know, you wonder if it's not this year, when does it happen for him at Michigan? I wonder if this is a year that Michigan puts up, like, some serious fight to, you know, with him to either, like, you know, here is the extension offer. Take it, or we're not doing this anymore. Move on. Best of luck to you. Because yeah. it's got to get exhausting, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. I think the rubber has already met the road with them, where they said we'll give you this extension, but you cannot. Yeah. Uh, every off season, you know, be looking at the NFL. You're committed to us for the next five years. So we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to that game. I, you know, Saban. I told you a couple of weeks ago, I thought they were going to end up in the playoff and beating Georgia. And sure enough, uh, and I think he's going to walk it off, too. I don't know if yeah. he, win he wins it, but I think he walks this thing off. I think he wanted one more look at it. Miss Terry, right? Is, is Miss Terry, one. yep. I think Miss Terry is calling the shots. That always has. Oh, listen, I, I told maybe I didn't tell you this. I, I did some radio interviews earlier this year. She made him take her to Italy during the spring and he since has come back a different man and it's almost like he's realized he's going to outlive his money there's this whole other life he could have now I, i'm with you i think he walks like, it off well you still can enjoy it you know yeah. that's what else is there for him to win really i mean come on uh, that's, 
by whatever measure, like, I don't care what the numbers are. You're a fool if you don't think he's the greatest of all time in college football. I'm I'm with you. It's what no more could he do? Who else can do it at multiple stops? Anytime right. you do stops, you know, which is why I'm always a Parcells kind of guy when it comes to some of those debates, too. But anytime you do it at multiple stops, you're doing something right. And even going back to his Michigan State tenure, like, he probably didn't get enough credit for that. 